Today I have the pleasure to interview a very special student of mine, the very successful and likable Andrew Babakan. I had the pleasure to work with Andrew for one week seven years ago and he has gone from strength to strength ever since. I was amazed how much of the experience seven years ago he still remembers and reveals what has been a life-changing transformation for him and for me as a facilitator as well. I let Andrew talk about his journey and how he has gone from a struggling learner to a PhD student and consequently to receiving one of the world's most prestigious awards. You are listening to the One Year School podcast. Are you ready to activate your focus, to sharpen your memory and to release anxiety and stress, often caused by school? We are introducing experts and coaches who will enrich your life to become happy and healthy in body and mind. We also interview our students who not only have overcome dyslexia and other learning challenges, but they are thriving and leading the lives they desire and have been able to create. I'm your host, Barbara Hoy, and in today's special episode number five, I'm very delighted to introduce you to a former student and a friend of mine, the brilliant Andrew Babakan. I have interviewed Andrew from his new home in Silicon Valley, where he has been headhunted to. Andrew takes us on a journey from a place in his childhood, which will sound very familiar to some of our listeners, the school years of struggle and perseverance, and not believing that things will change or turn around, not even in his wildest dreams. He's telling his perspective of the changes that he has experienced since and how after our course he has been invited to do a PhD that later led him to work in the United States of America, where he was honored among over 8,000 engineers to become the world's top engineer. I'm very proud of Andrew and I'm sure you will like this humble man who has come so far. I am really excited to have you on board. You're from Silicon Valley, me in Sydney. Yes. And it's been seven years. I haven't seen you. It's the first time I see your face here on Zoom, seven years yes. later. Yeah, seven years <laughs> later, and it feels like it was yesterday. It feels like it was yesterday. Absolutely. Mm. I learned so much from working with you. I know we had only five days, but it really, really changed my life and how I look at uh, facilitating. And I hope you got something out of it too. And yeah. tell me a little bit about your experience. Yeah, I mean, seven years ago, to me, it, it does feel like it, it was uh, like last week we did this program. And I remember it was Sunday night and I was very uh, nervous and petrified to spend the week of looking at words and reading and comprehension before we got started. But, you know, when we came to you, you know, you welcomed me with open arms and we got into mindfulness and meditation to break my thinking and get me comfortable into the whole notion of what we're going to get started for the week. And I mean, the experience is, is amazing things that I still have a long-term memory of, of childhood and learning to read in certain concepts like subject and an object, just fundamental things like what do they even mean? And then we were able to revisit this, which will then be able to rewind back in my life and remember what was that all about? And then, 
it felt like for the remaining of the week when we start looking at all the things like the verbs and prepositions and conjunctions and adverbs and and all these connectors that help describe a sentence became so to me um, real with all the, the pictures that we were able to stitch things together and it gave it better comprehension so it was more like you put a key in my head and you turned it for the first time and now I can read at the end so I don't know if you remember, but the last thing we did on the last day was take the Harry Potter book, look at chapter one, if you remember this, and, and we got me to read it. And you were saying, who was the character? Well, the character had half moon glasses. He had a long beard. His hat was looking tall. And there was a, a lady who had a long neck that described that she was a nosy person. And there was a neighborhood and how many cats there were and what the cat was doing. And it was almost to a point where um, I actually watched that movie and I have to say my imagination was way better reading that book than I was watching the movie after that comprehension. <laughs> so it was, a, it was an amazing week. We never expected that would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing that you still remember all that. I remember a few light bulb moments. For example, when we were looking at change, you remember we had the small tree becoming a tall tree. And it was quite a, an aha moment for you that they don't, they don't exist at the same time, that there is time in between, that there is change in something, yes. becoming something else. Yes. A revelation for myself. Don't have to worry about giving my credit card to the check here anymore. I can actually understand what's happening when they're giving me actual change. So something turning <laughs> into something else. And it was crystal clear after that. We're all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that there was something else that that as the word as as simple as it was you said something um, that it changed your appreciation for those little words that yeah. have so many different meanings and it's often not clear because there is no picture around as and as simple as it is people don't realize that they are fundamental in comprehension and fundamental in really um, making a story come alive or completely losing losing yeah. them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I remember that as like, you know, uh, as being a, a mathematical term saying we're, I'm not the same height as you or as an event went down, the following things happened. So it was used in, in two different ways and depending on what you're trying to describe it in just two letters. So <laughs> as it makes you appreciate it how complex English really is. And um, uh, it's a yeah, absolutely has helped me out in many ways from that, that week yeah. and other 200 words that we did that week as well. Uh, and you, I mean, even the word you, I still remember it was, um, we made a clay object. It was me so as a subject talking to you or more than one person. So person or persons that's being spoken to. And we had the clay object that described this thing. So every time that word you will come up, I was like, okay, that mental model immediately hits my brain. So <laughs> That's amazing. Because yeah. it is such a difference to actually creating it rather than just hearing it, isn't it? it if is. it's a self-created and self-mastered experience, it's much more powerful than just hearing, oh, yeah, you is someone else I'm talking to or some other people. It's not the same, is it? That's right. Yeah. So um, what do you think about that idea that what we did in five days uh, students are now doing over one year. So six months of literacy and six months of numeracy, as well as concepts, and at the end, writing their own book. So I'm getting students to um, get slowly into writing a book. So that could be as simple as drawing a picture and writing one line or writing a chapter book, and the 10 best books will be published. What do you think of that idea? 
Oh, I think it's fantastic. And then it's a method that um, it's going to help everyone, dyslexic or not. I think it's it's the right way to learn such complex words that um, that I think even for those who are learning to read, you'll be able to say it, but decoding what that really means in the context of a sentence, I think takes takes the semantics of language in another level. And I think one year spending more time on each of those clay objects to really emphasize some of those little words have got adverbs and adjectives that they actually are more than one thing. And then you can start to interchangeably use it. It's, it's creative in its own way to do. So I think that by end of the year, and I imagine children books with this would be phenomenal. So absolutely. Yeah, what yeah. a confidence. But I think you, you once told me that you are actually in your capacity at the moment. You are creating very complex um, ideas and complex um, concepts and creating a way or um, cartoons or visuals to make it understandable for the yeah, the people like me who have no idea about computer things. Oh, you know, we always say that pictures say a thousand words. So uh, a part of, of what's natural is the ability to use illustrations to describe things. And I think that's one of the easiest things I didn't think would be complex for others to go and do. And break it into what I would say, like, it's just Sesame Street simple. It is able to explain this to everyone. And if I haven't been able to do that, means either I don't know the topic very well or I haven't been able to, to convey it in, in a way that um, people understand. And so illustrations are very big for me. I mean, particularly with my line of work, when I'm explaining topics like cybersecurity, I try to take, you know, uh, pictures of how we today enter and exit countries uh, through borders and borders are a way to, as a gatekeeper to determine if you can and can not leave and passports are a way to describe your identity, who you are, where you've come from, um, your, your, your citizenship and then the country can, can dictate from this point how many days can you stay in here and after a certain time you've got to go back and security has got a lot of those analogies. So a lot of my pictures are you know, applications and machines and technologies having their own little passport, what roaming around the place, seeing if they're authorized to leave or or, or enter certain parts of, of technology where um, it's very hard to digest how things like that work. So absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. That takes me back to um I was very, very proud when I heard I think it was 2016 you won the top award for being engineer of the world. Uh, yes. um, eight thousand plus uh, for applicants how did that happen how did that come about gaining that award it was a rarity for an Australian to win it because uh, when you look at a, a market where Australia you know, only makes you know 1.7 percent of the world GDP and so we only get exposed to certain things but what's amazing about where, where I was in Australia was that we do leading uh, edge technology where we trial and experiment things and I think we can because we're far away from the rest of the world. If something goes wrong, it's only within us. It doesn't really impact everyone else. So that's good. So we came up with another way or a novel approach to solve a problem. And this approach became a, a, a filed patent and the company filed the invention. And it was a way to describe uh, and, and illustrate a solution that becomes so simple to use where it required millions of dollars of technology to achieve the same thing. And we're able to do it for a fraction of the, of, of the total price. 
And the technology was heavily used in the federal government. Uh, but what was unique about it was that that solution was replicatable to other uh, organizations around the world that can use this way of thinking and its domino effect and mass impact this had worldwide was noticeable and recognized. So on the, the, the nights I was sitting there and I was, I was drinking a wine, enjoying the, the night I, at the event, I didn't expect my name to be called out out of 8,000 to go in and get the award by the, our CEO of the company. So it was a, it was a very memorable moment. So I never would have thought that it would ever happen. I would have been the last person on the planet to ever think I would ever win things like that. So I'll take it. <laughs> Congratulations. It couldn't have happened to a better person. I think that brain, that mindset has been finally recognized. And I think they're probably in higher positions, a lot of dyslexic brains like yours who find solutions. Was yeah. that an experience that led you to doing your PhD now? Or was that already started prior to your uh, That started about one and a half years before that happened. And I mean, that was after our program. So that would have been, uh, we did our program in 2013. So um, three years later, uh, I got the, the call to do research with the university and my supervisor, my professor, Robin, he's like an amazing professor and saw my ability in, the, in my field and in my, in my discipline of work and, and not just that, but we always say there's two things. There's one, your intellectual capacity to, to solve complex problems, but then you've got that determination that you want to finish things. And I think for me, that's the one I, I never give up. I've failed a million times, but I just got to shake it off and, and keep going again and again and again. So he saw that in me and he was a, my, been my biggest advocate into bringing me into the university, getting me into a scholarship program. And I'm researching things that are of big interest here in Silicon Valley, which we're going to bring back to the Australian university. And it's going to, bring new research back into the university. So when I complete it, the next generation of students can take what we're doing and, and continue it. So it's been very, very exciting. So you more or less created a blueprint for other students. Is that right? Did I understand that? It was in Berkeley, Berkeley University and, and some Stanford. Was it another university, wasn't it? Yeah, Berkeley, Stanford, and a number of Princeton all focus in this particular area. And they've been doing this for quite some time. And I've been involved in some of that work for the last uh, four or five years. So luckily uh, in Australia that I, I got exposed to this and I can start bringing some of that to this particular university here in Australia, University of Technology, Sydney. But we're now creating another stream, another track of research that's now taking that, that seminal work to another, another place. And that we think that's going to create a new, a new train of thought, a new research stream for the next students to come in and take it on. So it's quite exciting to be participating in something that could fundamentally change the internet in, in the future to solve some of the major challenges that we've been seeing there, both security and scale and things of, in the way we're consuming that we didn't imagine the internet would be consumed for. So we're getting that ready to do that. So. That brings to mind, I've still got a video of you when you were walking on the water. Do you remember that? You were walking on the sandbank in Tavun Bay. And when yes. I was filming it, it looked like you were walking on water. It's yeah. like, it seems to me that's what you're doing now. I think it's I felt like that. It became a prophecy. Um, yeah. I just wanted to ask you one more question, Andrew. When you, you have a dyslexic student who is currently struggling at school, what advice would you give them in hindsight when you were struggling? And how were you struggling at school that could help someone else? Yeah, that's a great question. 
So I think of myself, if I can rewind the clock back and I can see my 11-year-old self, and what would I say to him that I know now? And I, I've always thought about this. And I think what I, what I would be saying is that, look, it's, it's, it's a little unpleasant at the moment because your channel of learning is, is unique and different. And you're going to spend the next number of years learning how that channel works and how you're going to make sense of this new learning capability. And it's going to be okay. You're just going to be kind to yourself for the next number of years because once you get past that conventional schooling system and you start entering into your passion and what you love to do, you're going to find teachers, particularly in university or whichever area that you're in, are going to be able to be so passionate in teaching you what you want to learn because you're keen and you're thirst for knowledge and you are going to put a lot of hard work in because nothing's ever been given to you easy. So you're willing to put that work in and it's going to be a, a paradox after that. And you're going to excel in that thing that you never wouldn't have thought. And people that would have known you at 11 to the next couple of decades would never believe that the, the triumph and achievements that you would have done. And they would think it came by natural, but everyone will know that it wasn't the case. It was a lot of hard work. So I think I wish I could tell my younger self, be it, it's okay. You're amazing at what you do. You've got an ex extremely unique learning ability and you're going to have to spend the next number of years to learn how that works and then harness it and then use it to your strengths and advantage because you're going to be the best in what you do. So that's what I would say. I fully agree. Um, so if I sum it up, uh, would it be a combination of that unique visual creative talent together with the hard work that comes from having to work twice as hard as everyone else and not giving up on yourself to that tenacity really that is that is inherent in someone who has to struggle because once you told me that you used to put in a hundred percent effort to get fifty percent of the grades someone else got in your class who worked a lot less and you yes. got to that and you still persevered. So I think that's a bit of the message as well, isn't it? It's absolutely. great the time, but without that. Yes, absolutely. The visual, the creativity, and then now you've got more tools in your ass and you can use words and you can decode words and you can be creative with language because you've got tools to do that now. You've got visualization that can then express things that words can't do really well at. Um, but it's a determination that you've learned to deal with failure because it's going to be a fact of life anyway. You're going to keep, you need to keep failing. While others are not going to be as used to it, you're going to be well better to it and you know how to pick yourself up and keep moving even faster. And the fact that you pay more attention to people listening because you'd rather get the, the visuals and, and, the, and the words from the person directly, you be, you're, you're more in tune with people than... than than the average, I think. So, yeah. That's another really, really good asset, that listening, which which isn't always easy. And for a lot of people, they're not used to it. They're yes. not used to learning by listening so intensely and so and creating the pictures in their head. I yes. think when you told me about the book we read and to have you explain what happened there, you have still got the picture in your head. And yes. you realize, I think that is brilliant to... Yeah be able to use that and also remember it yes yeah. absolutely <laughs> yes, it's all there it's, everything's there it's still still there with me i use all these things on a day-to-day -day basis so it's part of my everyday life uh, it's, uh, it's absolutely brilliant. fantastic yeah brilliant do you, do you have any 
path that you are working towards in the future or you just stay in the moment and create? Stay in the yes, stay in the moment and, and, keep, and keep doing what I'm doing. I think what I've found is that if I focus on what I enjoy all the time, a new door will always open. So just keep doing what I'm doing and do it many times, even though it's really hard because I still have to deal with failure of other things, trust me, but I enjoy what I do and it's going to open up another chapter. We'll have to wait and see what that's going to be. So. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's very good advice because I see often people saying, so what are we doing next? What's next? <laughs> but if yes. you're really in the, exactly. in the right field, on the right page, it's going to unfold by itself, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. After the PhD, I, I couldn't imagine what's going to be there. But I imagine there's going to be another another door that will be waiting up once I finish it. So when do you think you'll be finished? Fingers crossed by uh, Christmas this year, end of holidays. Uh, this could be it. So um, I'm I'm on I'm on track at the moment. So I have Very to thank probably even staying at home right now. It's actually giving me more discipline during these times. So yes, <laughs> that's what I thought. Maybe the corona maybe the corona has given you an opportunity to speed up. <laughs> yeah, I've locked myself in and I, I can't go anywhere and I have to just spend more time writing and it's uh, been a big great of help. So yes. <laughs> oh, it's been so wonderful talking to you. Likewise. And I can't wait to see where your path is leading you or where yes. you're being led in the future. Oh, and no, I, really, awesome. I really hope awesome. we stay in touch on here. Oh, likewise. Absolutely. And uh, I'm sure we will. And I always give to say, always thanks to you, Barbara, for all the, the help that, that you've given me in that week. It's just, it's, pay, it's paid off tenfold since then. So it's been phenomenal. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Did you know that 43.7% of Australians between the ages of 15 and 74 are functionally illiterate, according to a recent OECD survey? Yes, most of them can read, but basic literacy is not enough to effectively participate in today's life. If you have to read a text several times to fully understand, you may be dyslexic. That doesn't mean you should work harder or study longer. Quite the opposite. I've created a brand new audio program entitled Focus and Read. This course will give you all the tools to focus, read and comprehend. And the program is absolutely free. It's my gift to say thank you for subscribing to the One Year School podcast and joining our community that helps our bright visual students to acquire the skills necessary to step into the vision of the future that they desire. So register right now simply by visiting theoneyearschool.com so www.theoneyearschool.com and click on Focus and Read. Unlike school, the One Year School helps you to use your own creativity to learn differently, to read without repeating, to write with confidence and upgrade literacy and numeracy.